0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 15 of Expand the Conversation with Jillian podcast. In today's episode, I have my friend and a high 7D energy healer and brain rewiring certified coach, Sandy Yang, on the podcast with me. Sandy has been guiding clients in creating powerful behavior and mindset shifts using tools like brain rewiring, shadow work, inner child healing, and energy healing since 2021. She has worked with 90 plus clients to massively uplevel their belief systems, build unshakable confidence, and courageously create the life they are excited about. In today's episode, we talk about meditation, tracking habits, money mindset, brain rewiring, and inner child healing, and how all of these things can help you up-level your life. Sandy recently released a free meditation library with a morning, midday, and evening meditation that is effused with a high energy. Sandy's meditations are amazing. If you're wanting some new guided meditations that are super powerful, I highly recommend downloading the meditation library she has available. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hello, Sandy.
1: Thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. This is like the highlight of my morning. You and I can always just talk about anything. So I'm excited for this recording. (laughs) Me too. I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: So I always ask three questions at the beginning of the podcast episode. And the first question is, what is a topic that you think needs to be expanded on?
1: (laughs) Um, you know what's like really interesting? So, I used to have my business basically just focusing on human design. And this is like a while back, I kind of have moved away from it. Like, this is not like my main focus. Um, though I still use the human design you know, framework to, you know, bring it up to people here and there, like when it's like relevant, I think it's a really powerful tool to um, help you understand yourself and emphasis on help you understand yourself. This is not your Bible But uh, lately, for whatever reason, a bunch of people have been finding a post I posted about human design and diet and lifestyle that I posted back in like summer 2020. Um, So the topic of human design and how to like live in alignment with it, this and that has been kind of brought back into my awareness. And I know my own design pretty well. but. Like now, I don't really think about it specifically. And just talking to all those people, I'm realizing, like, oh, this is really an experiment. Any tool like numerology, astrology, human design, what have you, they're just like tools to help you understand yourself. But like understanding yourself and personal development is really just like something you can be so creative about. And something to like take in your own hands. I don't know. It's just like hitting me pretty deep lately.
0: I love that. And human, you know, I love what you said about how everything is just a tool. Because some people that don't really participate in those types of practices, they'll look at it and they're like, oh, my God, that's not true. Or they'll find a way to make it not make sense when it's like, but it does make sense. And sometimes it doesn't have to be exact, right? Like I'm trying to think of an example. Most of my stuff is pretty spot on, so I don't think I'm a a good example at all. But but sometimes there's something that may not like relate to someone. And they're like, ah, that just doesn't feel like me. And that's okay. And it's great to be able to see the things that you really um, respond to and the things that you're like, I don't need this anymore. Or like, not anymore, but I don't need this at all. And this just doesn't help me, so I'm not going to use it.
1: Exactly. It also depends on like what phase of your life you're like encountering something like this um i just see a lot of people like they find out a piece about their astrology or like their human design and they just don't see it as like a good thing mm-hmm. or it causes some fear i'm just like you know you can like let it go and with any anything from those systems there's always like a almost like a light side and a shadow side so yeah. it's like you know those things are only supposed to help you and support you. If it's not, then you don't need to like take it in as truth. Yeah, it's like dieting. It's like if
0: your diet so strict that you can't live your life, or you're so miserable on it, it doesn't matter that you're doing it because you're miserable. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, why it's keep like trying? our relationship with the thing. Yeah. is more important than like the thing itself. Absolutely, absolutely. So
0: my next question is, what is your favorite way to connect with yourself daily?
1: Bringing in the big questions. I really am a big fan of journaling. I think it just brings so much into light. It really helps me clear my mind Mm -hmm. um, and just really get clear on what feels stagnant, what feels like a block. So I love journaling. I've been try to do this every single day this month of November, but I've been meditating in the morning every single month. Uh every single morning. Um well actually I skipped this morning, but I might do it later. But it's been, it's just been a really good way to start the day. And like 12 minutes literally just makes my day so much better and centered and calm. And I'm, you know, with meditation, I used to really think it's bullshit. Um, And just not for me, but um, so many people talk about it that you just feel like, okay, I need to give this a solid go. Um, So I'll say meditation. And I really love starting off the morning slow with a cup of coffee and just enjoy being outside under the sun while we still have it. Yeah. So I'll say I just gave you three things. (laughs) But if I have to choose one. I'll say meditation.
0: Okay. I was I was sure you were going to say journaling because you started off with that one pretty strong. Yeah. No. And I love that. Like, it's so easy to overcomplicate meditation, right? Like, all you really have to do is sit there. Sit there and try not to think about anything and just be in your body, right? But sometimes people are like, oh, but it has to be this amount of time or this amount of time. Today, I was planning on meditating before this call, and then I got caught up with other stuff. And so I only had five minutes. And I was like, that's okay. Put on binaural beats for five minutes. I got my body, I just grounded, and then I felt so much better. I was like, okay, that's exactly what I needed. Now I can move forward. And I'm not like, I don't have this thing looming over my head like, oh, man, I should have done that. How would it have been different, you know?
1: Oh, I know. Um, It's like, or for someone who's like new to it or it's not already a habit, it's like intimidating. Um, Like we are always like rushing and it's just like, do I really want to spend this time when I can be doing stuff? with meditation brought up try to not think about anything i think that's actually really really hard (laughs) um but i i'm always thinking about stuff um even in my meditations but it's just like oh it brings to light like what is really like taking space in my head Mm -hmm. and um one thing i like to think about meditation as is like this you know how you brush your teeth Yeah. So you go out in the world, your breath doesn't smell and your teeth, your, you know teeth hygiene stays good and meditation is like this tool for maintaining mental hygiene so i did mention like it just helps me feel centered and clear Mm -hmm. um so it's like when my mental hygiene is not good i feel scattered i'm impatient i'm short with people i am more prone to overthinking Mm -hmm. um so i kind of think of this like oh it's like a thing i do like brushing my teeth And you know how, like, sometimes you snap at other people, just like you don't want your breath to smell bad to other people. I don't want to snap at other people. So I kind of see it as like a responsibility to meditate these days.
0: I love that. I love that, like, perspective because it's true. And it's funny because so many people think it's just you're sitting there not thinking, right? But, like, your thoughts are going to happen, They're going to happen. They're going to come up. And then it's like, okay, so you're just going to sit there and close your eyes. And honestly, the more I've meditated, I love it. Like I could sit outside for hours and just like with, I know, (laughs) and I could just sit outside for hours and just exist. And it's this like amazing feeling for me. I think it's because for so long, I was the go, go, go. And I always need to be doing something, pleasing someone, figuring something out And so it's such a nice like shift for me to be like, I don't have to do that. I can just sit here and sit in the trees for a while and I'm okay.
1: Mm. What's really funny is that um, the meditation I do in the morning is only 12 minutes, Mm -hmm. but it feels so much longer. And it just shows me how like time or perception of time is so fluid. And um, when I am centered, I feel like there's so much more space in the world like physical space psychological space emotional space which is like a really great feeling because you know once you go out in the world once you start your day you just feel like okay now I'm just like doing and doing mode so I really do, do just like enjoy that space for like stillness
0: yeah yeah and it really does create more space within us to be able to deal with other things. And that's the thing, like with the snapping at someone, your patience is higher because you've already like sat with yourself for the day. And I is it the meditation that you recorded that you use in the mornings?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I was like, huh, I really do feel more connect, like I'm connecting to myself, maybe because it's my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But I think that one is pretty short and sweet is infused with like a high, which is like the energy I work with in energy healing. So I feel like I'm getting a boost. Yeah. And I did that meditation and it's fantastic. And I love that you
0: like talk about setting up the intentions for your day because so many people just wake up and then they're like, okay, go, go, go. And it's like, it's so nice to have that space to be able to see like, what do I want to feel in my day? You know, and how do I want to handle my day? And so really setting up your structure before you get up and go out into the world. And I I think it's great. I love that meditation.
1: Thank you. That means so much coming from you. Because when I think about Jillian and what you do and what you preach, I'm like, she's like one of those people who are really good at meditating, who are just like very calm and very centered, very connected to themselves. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I am as long as I'm meditating.
0: If I'm not, I'm a mess.
1: Yeah. I mentioned the term psychological space. I love that because it feels like your head is not about to explode.
0: mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Because we can't control other people, right? And we can't control the things that happen around us in the day. And so for me, when you say that, like, when I think about me exploding, it's usually because of something that's happening outside of me, something that's like pushing me or frustrating me. And so it keeps me from exploding on other people or snapping at them or like being able to be more understanding and be like, maybe they're having a hard day. Maybe this is nothing about me and they just cut me off because they feel like that five minutes of them being late is the end of the world. That's OK. You can go in front of me. Right. It's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, I don't have a road rage anymore. Living in
0: California, I feel like that says something.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, where I live in San Diego, I feel like people here are very nice drivers, but... When I go to Orange County or, like, L.A., it's like, oh, this is a war zone. But, um, yeah, I don't have road rage. It's like, mm, I-, I don't need to get mad at this. Like, it doesn't do anything. Um, and when I see people, like, let's say I'm in someone's car and they they have road rage, I'm like, oh, you need to chill out. Because that is, like, that takes a lot of energy and it's very draining.
0: Yeah. And it only affects you. It doesn't affect anybody else that you're mad at. Correct. <laughs> Which is crazy. And people get, like, intense. And so living in Houston, it is a war zone out on these streets. Like, the traffic is so intense. And especially since so many more people have been coming here after 2020. And it's just, like, you just have to be patient. And you just have to, like, put on a podcast or listen to some music and just get ready to sit in your car for a while. Because you're not going to be moving very fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... It's always like a nice reminder, like, oh, Sandy, you don't have road rage. You used to have so much of it. Yeah, I love that. I love when you
0: can see like the physical markers, right? You're like, I used to have road rage. Now I don't. Why? Because I meditate every day.
1: As well as like other things, too. Yeah. It's also like a maturity thing, I feel like.
0: Yeah. Or even just an awareness thing of realizing that it doesn't help yourself to be angry at other people. You know, like to be angry at other people driving, it doesn't do anything for you except for ruin your own day. It doesn't do anything to them. Yeah. Yeah. So my last question is, what is your favorite thing right now? And it can be like a physical thing. It can be a drink. It can be a food. It can be a modality. (laughs) Let
1: me think about this for a second. (laughs) What is my favorite thing right now? Your favorite or something you're learning about. Anything. Like I said, November, I am really focusing on, you know, like getting my habits right. And just like one of them is meditation. I've always meditated here and there, but I just got like a strong, I had this strong moment of realization like, oh, this needs to be like something you do every single day. Maybe not every single day, but at least like five days a week, just yeah. like very consistently because I would literally meditate for a few days, feel so good about myself, get too cocky and then like let that habit go. And then, you know, it's like I have to start again. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's just like make it a consistent thing because this is very recent. I recently um, created like a daily habit tracker um, that I've been sharing with uh, my community on social media. And just like I tell everyone about it and uh, my clients use it. Yeah, so honing in those habits um that are really important to me has been like an obsession this month. And just because like I personally think this sheet is, you know, like aesthetically pleasing and is motivating me to use it. Um I'm this is like my favorite thing ever right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess right now I'm like really into like habits. So, you know, making the process of building strong supportive habits like satisfying and enjoyable. All about like, I feel like when people think about, oh, I need to have like a morning routine or have better habits, it, they immediately think like, oh, but that's so hard or it's overwhelming. So I'm like obsessed with the idea of making it more easeful, less difficult, and mm-hmm. more enjoyable. So um I think there's so much power in like tracking how well you're doing and like giving yourself grace when you fall off. Yeah. Marking, you know, those things off when I do them daily is the most satisfying thing. Yeah. I love a good check mark. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) And you're right. Like when people start thinking about changing their routine, it like almost the first thing that people do is overcomplicate it. And they make it way harder than it needs to be. And they're like, oh, but it needs to look exactly like this. And then if they're not feeling into it one day, they're like, oh, everything's wrong because I missed one day. And it's like, no, man, it's not the end of the world. It's not that serious. You can still pick it back up and then keep going. And that's all right.
1: Yeah. And um, this um, habit tracker is for you to track over like a period of a month. If you do something 20 days out of 30 days and you were not doing it before, like that is a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny because… Earlier, before I hopped on this recording, I got a message from my client saying like, because she's trying to use the tracker too. She's like, I feel like I need two, one for my morning habits and one for my evening ones. I'm like, that's like 10 things you're going to implement. That's overwhelming. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to like mention is um, on this piece of paper, this habit tracker, you're only allowed to track five habits. So um, that really forces you to get really selective, like which five worth being on this sheet of paper, which five habits are worth me focusing on this month. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: it is when you try and change too much all at the same time, it's almost impossible. You're like, (laughs) I'm just going to be a whole new person to buy tomorrow and it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just close my eyes. Oh, Uh. my gosh. No, I love I love tracking things or like to do lists. They really help me. And so habit trackers help me a ton because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And some stuff like it's easy for me, like something that I started doing um, a couple months ago was taking my dog every single day on a walk. Now, does it happen every day, especially now that it gets dark early? No, because sometimes the sun is just gone and I'm like, well, it's too dark outside. I'm not going to go into the city by myself. So I'm just like, okay, well, tomorrow it is then. But I also keep, that one's been easy for me to do because she is a creature of habit. And so she will bark at me. Like she won't leave me alone if we don't go. So it's other things for me that it's like, okay, I need to see it on the paper and be like, okay, I need to make space for myself to do this because it's for me one to like either expand my mind, right? Like in meditation, sometimes that's something I focus on is expanding what I can hold as far as like my clients and also as far as time and the activities that I'm doing and how much I can fit into a smaller amount of time. Um And so to be able to track that as I do it, it makes a huge difference for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like how you brought up now that it's darker out and um, sometimes it's like, oh, I just can't do it. Be really honest about like what season of life you're in and like where you are at. Because the five things I have on my habit tracker, they're like to a lot of people it was like, what the heck? They're just so like basic. It's almost like, wait, you don't already do them well. I have eight hours of sleep because I suck at getting to bed. So I really need this. Um, Meditate in the morning because, again, like I need to just hone it in. Practicing gratitude. When people think like, oh, you're like an energy healer and you're a coach, you probably do that every day. No, I do not. (laughs) no snooze in the morning is like Mm -hmm. oh like you snooze in the morning no one really knows like how you live your life only you do and only you know what you need the most yeah (laughs) so yeah that's what i'll say like be really honest yeah that's because it's funny um people will be like oh how's your routine like and when i answer that question I almost am tempted to tell them the perfect version of my routine. If I do it 110%, but is that every day? Definitely not. You're like, that's one day out of 30. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great. (laughs) That's like when I'm like, you know, optimal, Um, Yeah, but we're not optimal all the time.
0: Right. I know we're humans. So it's hard to be a thousand percent all the time and just to be perfect. Yeah. I love that you brought up practicing gratitude daily because that's something that like, I really honestly, like when I started this journey, I was like, that's bullshit. Practicing gratitude, like I am grateful for the things that I have. So like, why am I having to focus on this all the time to be able to get more? And then the more I did it, the more I was like, oh. And it was just like the mindset that I had around it originally. It was completely just like, I already have this stuff like, and I'm grateful for it and I'm here for it, but I don't think I really felt it. And so it was actually feeling the gratitude practice, you know what I mean? So for me, like taking it to the next level of being like, no, but I'm really grateful for the fact that I have running water and the fact that there's a lot of people in the world that don't and even just like have access to food or like we can make it something silly. I have access to Olipops because I love them.
1: Oh, my gosh! Speaking of (laughs) Olipops, my brother keeps drinking mine. (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemy. Um, I love Olipop It's the watermelon lime and the uh, lemon lime and the ginger lemon <laughs> for me. Okay, so I love you brought this up because I've, I I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, that sounds really lame, but I realized as business owners, as entrepreneurs, there's I have a weird relationship with being ambitious. I don't think I'm not ambitious, but for a while, I was like, am I ambitious? But then, I don't know, there's so many people who are more ambitious than I am. So it's like, am I ambitious? If I'm not, should I even be an entrepreneur? It's like a whole thing. And just, you know, with being a business owner, it's like, you're always looking forward, looking for more, right? Like, how can you impact bigger and you know, just make more money and like do more things. So there's this focus on more and looking at the future. And that can feel like extremely exhausting. And, you know, our brains are kind of fucked up. This is kind of like a malfunction. But um, we are so good at focusing on and picking up, noticing where things are lacking, where we're not doing well enough you know, like where there's like lack, right? This is like a very hardwired brain thing. It's not, it's it's more for like survival purposes. And like I said, you know, being like ambitious and achievement oriented, just being achievement oriented and wanting to do more and achieve more, running on like, you know, like let's fucking go. That's really exhausting. So yeah. gratitude is almost like the medicine that, or like the nourishment that like replenishes your drive. Yeah, and
0: it's like your drive, you're pushing for something, so you have to taking the time to stop and be grateful for the things that you have in the moment and not to mention the things that you're creating as you're pushing. For me has been huge because it's like, okay, what is the purpose? Why am I doing this? Why am I pushing myself so hard? What is the thing that I'm going for? Okay, but also, what am I grateful for right now? And I mean, even in the transition in my relationship as it ended and I moved out of the house, right? So then I've been staying with my mom and, you know, feeling like, ugh, I'm 34. What am I doing at my mom's house, first and foremost? And then also being like, but wait. I'm really grateful for the fact that she's holding this space for me, that she's allowing me this little like portal of transition to be able to like, let me heal before I go to my next spot. And so when I look at it that way, I'm like, this is really a beautiful thing where some people can look at it and just be down on themselves and like, ugh, why am I at this place in my life? And like, why is this happening like this? But it's like, my mom gets another chance to support me in my life, which she loves. And also I get to spend extra time with her. And that's something that I've realized, like, as our parents get older, I'm like, wow, you're actually aging, you know, because when you're younger, you don't think about it. You're like, oh, they're just an adult, whatever that means. And then I'm like looking at her and just noticing things and I'm like, oh, you are aging, like this is real. So I just have been like so grateful for that time with her as well.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Going back to my point with like, you know, wanting to achieve more and build more as a business owner, practicing gratitude just really helps you like notice like, oh, I have created plenty and um, I'm not falling behind because sometimes it's like overwhelming to feel like, there's so much more to do and mm-hmm. I've, I haven't i made very much progress. Again, our brains are super good at picking up where things are lacking, where there needs more effort. So I would say gratitude is super important for anybody who is achievement oriented. And then going back to your point, like you're going through a transition period and it does feel really weird to be in your 30s and like being at your parents' place. But it's also like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, I just, you know, left something that was comfortable and safe. And I have, like, this this nice place to land. Mm-hmm. I
0: yeah. jumped off the cliff and I didn't splat on the floor. I got to land <laughs> in a cozy home. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and if you didn't have this place to land, then that whole journey would be, there will be more fear to have to deal with. And so property taxes, tax bills are coming up. And um, literally the other week, I was like, oh, fuck, I need to pay this shit. Um, And, you know, every year they increase a little bit. This is my first year as a homeowner. I'm like, what is this bullshit? (laughs) Why do I have to pay this? This is not fair. Um, The world sucks you know, the world is like an expensive place to live, blah, 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 you know, all those thoughts. And then I and it was just like, all right, like you do really enjoy living here. It's really funny because when I think about the apartment I lived in up until like May this year, I had no space. The ceiling was so low. I never liked being home. Now I love being home. It feels spacious and it feels safe and like nourishing. And I'm like, all right, all right, like let's be a little bit more grateful like you know this is a home you love and maybe paying property taxes isn't that bad <laughs> i mean it it's
0: not the most awesome thing in the world but there. you know
1: <laughs> yeah at but, least um, you have I a
0: beautiful would... home
1: yeah yeah i love it um, And one thing I'll point out about gratitude, because this came up with a client recently. So she was expecting like a raise at work. And it was, you know, the amount she was expecting was like, you know, fairly justified. She fully expected to get that raise, but it ended up being way lower. And just like people at work have been, you know, her superiors, I guess, had not been you know, super responsive with her questions. And, you know, just like, they have like an evaluation meeting for her performance to, you know, talk about the race and what have you. And um, she's like, preparing for this meeting. And one question she brought up was like, maybe I should just be grateful for the 3% raise I did get instead of like, you know, asking for this 15% that I think I deserve. I'm like, Gratitude is not settling. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that that was confusing to me for a while. Yeah. So be really, I think it does take being careful when you're practicing and things like this. You know, it's like when you were when I was a kid. The caretakers would be like, oh, you got to finish your food. Even if I was like really full, I had to finish my food because there were starving kids in Africa. But it does me no good if I'm like stuffed and in pain. (laughs) So Sometimes it's like a slippery slope.
0: Yeah. And it is easy to get caught up in that. Like, okay, I'm really grateful for what I have, but is it okay for me to want more? Right? Like it's normal for people to grow as humans and to strive for more is okay, but it's also okay to be grateful. Like looking at that like specific situation, it's almost like you can be grateful for the job and you can be grateful for the fact that you are getting money through that channel, but also it's okay to want for more to come in. And maybe it's just not through that channel that it needs to come through, right? Like what other possibilities could money be coming from? And that's something that I've been working on specifically, which I'm gonna switch the conversation a little bit over to brain rewiring because that's something that I've been diving into. And I know this is like your wheelhouse. So like I've been really working on my money mindset this year. You know, we're going into a collective eight year next year, which is all about abundance. And so it's going to be interesting to see like where either your shot, where you're in your shadow for the eight, which is lack mindset or where you're empowered in it, right? Which is abundance. And so for me, I'm already like kind of ramping myself up and really sitting in brain rewiring. So as far as, okay, so just to start from the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about what brain rewiring is?
1: Sure. <laughs> I've been talking about this so much. Um, So how do I want to start? because I like to make it a little different with each person I explain this to. But um, you know how people like to talk about like mindset work and abundance mindset and all the things. So we have like what? Like $80,000, 70,000 or 80,000 thoughts in a day. And people always think about imposter syndrome and overthinking and doubting themselves. So all of those like, annoying thought habits i guess we have they're human but there's also like a bigger core limiting belief going on inside your subconscious so um when you think about the brain we have logic let's just talk about like changing habits for a little bit so often people will think about you know Witting, drinking, or eating better, or just like wanting to change habits or take a certain action. They keep thinking they should do it, but they just don't. It's like their logic is like, we need to do this, but their whole body is just like not moving. Right. And there's a bigger reason because your brain has like a subconscious part and a conscious part. So for the simplicity of explaining, let's say subconscious part is like 90% of the brain and the conscious part is 10%. So, you know, there's a, that's a huge size difference. Yeah. And when we are like forcing ourselves to do things out of logic, we are only working that 10%. And getting yourself to like change a habit and like change your life and change the way you think, it's almost like riding an elephant so again, your subconscious brain is is like the elephant and the conscious, the logic part is like the human, the writer, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to like achieve anything, you need to get the elephant on board. If your subconscious or the elephant is not on board, you're not fucking going anywhere. Or doing anything will just feel like you have to apply willpower and it feels like pulling teeth right so brain rewiring is essentially working with your subconscious the subconscious mind is where your beliefs live so we have thoughts and we have beliefs i like to think about believe a believe is like a series of thoughts yeah So think about like what is constantly, what thoughts are constantly looping in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's definitely like a pattern that's like due to a core belief, right? Um, So if you're constantly doubting yourself, imposter syndrome, not trusting yourself, maybe the core limiting belief is I am not enough or I'm not good enough, I'm not trustworthy, that kind of thing. So with brain rewiring is really about changing the subconscious beliefs and our beliefs are actually formed, at least like the core ones um, that really stay with us. Beliefs are formed age zero to like, some people like to say zero to seven, but you know, up to like 14, even up to like early 20s, your Mm -hmm. beliefs are still like forming. People talk about neuroplasticity. So Your brain, when you're young, is like a sponge. It's just soaking up your environment and what is reinforced to you. And our brains are still plastic after 26, 25, 26, but it's just like a little bit more solid now. Yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, we always talk about how kids learn faster. But unfortunately, when you're a kid up to like, you know, early 20s, you don't have a lot of say. Or, you know, you don't have a lot of this decision power where you want to go to school, who you want to hang out with. It's like you live at home, you go to school and you live in the town you live in. You don't get to decide those things. And then after, say, like 25, you get to decide, oh, I want to move to San Diego or Texas or New York. I want to hang out with people who are, I don't know, into spirituality or into, like, art. You you get to decide now. But your brain now is kind of, like, matured. Um, It's not as plastic or, you know, able to change as you were younger, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, through, like hypnosis through there are like times in the day that you can tap into your neuroplasticity a little bit more easier there are certain brain states that allow your beliefs to like shift you can reprogram your neural ways you can shift your beliefs I don't know if I'm explaining this well yeah let me know if I am it was great it was
0: no it was perfect and I loved the like Subconscious example you gave is the elephant, because when you were talking about, you know, the 10% being the man, and it's like you're leaning on this logical 10%, it's you're literally trying to shove an elephant to get it to move. And that's just yeah. like not going to happen. And I mean, I know for me in my experience, like being not enough was such a core belief for me. That as I've worked through it, and as I've been able to see that that's not the truth anymore, it's so interesting because I can see where places in life, it's like, I'll give an example. So like, I've been really busy at work lately, right? And I'm still doing the podcast, I've got my own stuff on the side that I'm working on. So I've, and I still have a 13 year old, he does his sports and everything. So I've got a lot on my plate. Right. So for me, I'm like, I'm doing enough. I am doing enough. I'm doing more than enough. This is exactly where I need to be. And then you'll have someone come out of left field and go, Hey, I need this from you or Hey, you're not doing enough. And I'm like, I don't subscribe to that. And so I'll see it. And I'm like, this is why when I was going through these people-pleasing patterns to get people to like me so I could feel like I was enough by this outside source because I couldn't find it from that 10% in my brain that I was allowing myself to have that circle like constantly going or that cycle constantly going of like, they say I'm not enough, so I need to do more. And I was constantly burnt out and I was overdoing things and I was never choosing myself. So in seeing that, like that example really like Solidified it for me when you said that because I was like, it's so true. Like, because people around you will, I don't want to use the word use you because they don't always do it on purpose. And, but it's just they respond to the way you are. Right. And so you train the people around you how to respond to you or what to expect from you. And so I was training all of these people to like want more from me all the time. And so it's finally been like the last year and a half where I'm like, no, it's a no. I'm not doing more because I don't need to. I'm fine where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm doing enough, and I am enough, even if I wasn't. And so yeah. just being able to see that. But I think the way you explained it, especially with the neuro- neuroplasticity part, it is like because when kids are so so young, like they do soak up everything. It really surprises me sometimes to see like what my son will bring up from when he's like was seven, and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you had picked up on that. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, thanks for the reminder. Like, my (laughs) bad,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah, and um, as parents, uh, it's interesting when you're aware of this. It's like, what am I training my kid to believe? But um, I tell my clients where parents, like, you know, they're going to have their own healing to do. You just do what you know is best. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's like riding an elephant. We need to get the elephant on board and brain rewiring It doesn't have to be hard, but it definitely requires one to go deep and be honest. And you brought up money mindset earlier. Yesterday, I actually had like a breakthrough moment with my own money mindset. Um, November is a personal eight month for me. And this was not intentional. But um, late October, I'm like, I need to focus on my money mindset again and just like upgrade it, clean it up. And it just happens to be my personal eight month, month of November. So on my tracker, I actually have improved money mindset every day. Um. So I just do something that like contributes to it. But yesterday I did some brain rewiring regarding money. I think money, money is, is a very interesting topic. I would say most adults, most people have like a push and pull relationship with money. It's like you love money, but it causes so much stress. It's like you love it when it's here. You hate it when it's not. And it's just really complicated and multi-layered. And there's so much, so much going on with money. Like when we think about investing, there's so many options in the world and they all seem a little complicated. And if you feel like you don't totally understand it, you feel like it's something to hide or something to feel shameful about. If you have too much, it's like, oh, I'm I have too much. I'm too privileged. If you don't have enough, it's like I'm not successful. So money is fucked um for a lot of people and so yesterday i was it's really funny when you decide to like journal um how just how things just come up i've realized you know how well gas prices now it's gone down a little bit but before in california it was in like the six dollar range almost seven um and you can just tell like overall like the collective energy is like a little stressed. People don't want to go buy food. People don't want to go get gas. It's like, oh, life is just expensive. Um, and, you know, like you can tell like people are just, I don't know, people think San Diego people are like really happy because we live in paradise. But, you know, just given like the living expenses, people are, <laughs> I've never been to Houston, but one of my friends was like, people in Houston are so nice. And people in San Diego are terrible. I don't know how true that is. But um, yeah, like money caused a lot of stress for people. And um, we can feel kind of powerless. It's like, oh, the economy... Seriously, when is the economy good? No one ever talks about the economy is doing so well, it's booming. It's always like, oh, like 2020, oh, it's going to shit. 2021 is still going to shit. It's just always going to shit, right? Yeah, so the bigger th- things happening in the world definitely affect us. And I was kind of just feeling like, oh, money is like feeling a little bit more like a stressful thing. And I don't want it to be like that. And I was feeling like, huh, I really want to like master this thing. I want money to be a source of possibility versus a po- source of stress. And this memory came up of my dad you know how in like 2000 early 2000 there was like a big financial scandal and um he like you know lost a lot of money with it and he was being very avoidant about it and he wasn't like you know taking care of it and he felt really bad fortunately um he came across like a sum of money that was able to cover the losses but he just felt really bad like you know His financial well-being is being determined by, you know, the economy and what other people are doing. So there's like a lot of shame. He felt like he failed his family. I didn't know what was going on at the time, but this is like year 2000, and he was telling me how bad the economy is and how everyone's gonna struggle and it's probably not gonna get better until like 2005. And I was like, young, right? I'm like, that's a long time from now. And then I basically kind of like just put the order of events together. I'm like, oh, that's why he was saying that to me. And I didn't know he had lost that amount of money. I could not comprehend. But I just put two to two together. I'm like, oh, that's why. Because our belief system is so influenced by our caretakers. I'm like, oh, that's why I get stressed out. Every time people talk about the economy, even though my conscious mind knows, you know, whatever state the economy is, there are a lot of people still becoming millionaires and and like thriving financially during those periods. So I was like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, I identify kind of like one of the root causes of, you know, my money belief. And I was able to like shift that you know, like rewrite that narrative. It's like, yes, that happened. But also like with brain rewiring, you can be really creative with it. So in my brain rewiring, I was like, okay, so all of that happened. But then my dad was able to like pick himself up and educate himself and become like this financially responsible father that educates you know his kids on handling money even though he didn't do that but um in brain rewiring in the meditation i designed around it you're able to like reparent your inner child Mm -hmm. and like rewrite those memories to like reinforce like new beliefs and new behaviors um i know i'm talking about brain rewiring a lot and it doesn't quite make sense until you actually do it (laughs) yeah and but it does and I mean, it's the same as like
0: the fear alchemy process that I go through, right? Except for it's based on fears instead of, which is still a subconscious belief. It's just a different way of looking at brain rewiring, right? In a different term for it. And it's more focused on what you're afraid of. And, you know, with money, it is so sticky because... Some of the like some people, their generational trauma around money is so deep that it takes time because sometimes it's like you want to go into brain rewiring, and sometimes it is that easy that you're just doing this meditation, you know, over a 30 day period, and then you're like, okay, I'm better, like, or I've changed my mindset and I'm moving on. But sometimes it's like, okay, then you get to the next step, new level, new devil, and then what what's wrong with my money mindset now, you know, and how can I really lean into that further and continue to rewire my brain. But it does make sense when you talk about it, because it's basically this like, it's a tangible way that you can take something that you don't like, you take this story that you don't like that you see where it came from, especially like in journaling and everything like that, that uh, either journaling or talking, so I have a few close friends that I'll like voice things to. And as I'm saying them, I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the root. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know I know where I need to go with it. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And it's just not writing. It's using my voice. And so you take that core belief and then you're like, okay, how would I have wanted to be treated? Because that's something that I focus on a lot with my clients is that inner child work. Because a lot of our fears come from that same time period where we're growing up, we're taking a lot of stuff that's been taught to us, and then we want to move away from it. And so going into yourself and your younger self specifically, and being able to pinpoint what age you were, what was happening in your life at that time, and what you would have done differently if you were your parent. And it makes a huge difference.
1: Yes. (laughs) yeah uh, i like how you said every time you up level new fears come up and that's so true um that's why it's really important to have the tools around how to move not move away move through Mm -hmm. fear and know that this is a very human thing just because you feel fear and you others are not talking about their fear doesn't mean like they're not feeling fear and you're the only one and Something is wrong with you. Fear is a very human thing. Yeah. And it's really funny because I was brain rewiring about money maybe like two years ago. Now I'm brain rewiring around money, but it's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's like the self-worth piece that I talked about. You know, this has been a three-year process, almost four-year process. And it's like, I'm a completely different person now than when I started. And that's amazing. But there's still times where I can catch myself in that like, and I'll use, I'll use an example. So we're in a group program together, right? For business and being in the energy of everyone there. Like, I feel like I'm such a new business owner that I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a little intimidated. And then I was like, no, like, this is something that I shouldn't back down from or be afraid from, or it's something that I'm not worthy of. It's something that I'm stepping into. And it's so great to be in this space with people that are further along in their business that are doing more, if you will, for lack of better words. And it's nice. It was nice for me to be able to see that almost immediately, instead of being like, oh man, I really don't belong here. And just kind of shrinking back down and taking that and going, no, I do belong here. And this is just a feeling I'm not used to, but these are the type of circles that I want to be in as a business owner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know you talk about the word expand and expansion a lot. Expansion, for the most part, is is not comfortable.
0: Yeah. (laughs) and It's so funny because I use that word specifically because there was a moment I was at a retreat and I was talking about something to some of the other people there and I could feel myself play my confidence, like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And so I see this image in my head. And then at the end of it, I was like, sorry for taking up so much space. Right. And I apologize. And then I immediately felt that like contract. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? And I, so I shared that with them. And so my mentor that was there, he was like, look, how about instead of saying sorry, you say thank you. Like, thank you for receiving me. Thank you for holding space or any other way to see it. And that way you're not contracting back down because it's this expansion process that I feel like I've been going through to really, like, express myself as who I am and just be who I am without any apologies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think words we say have so much power. Um Like for a lot of women who are, you know, looking to be more of themselves and be more unapologetic, taking the word sorry out of your vocabulary can be really, really powerful. You can be like, you know, my apologies for blah, blah, blah. But it's just different because a lot of women be like saying sorry five times within 10 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck are you sorry about? (laughs) <laughs> and um so i think you know paying attention to our vocabulary and catching ourselves when we like want to say it and really evaluate do i need is this something i need to apologize that can be like that's what i call like thought shifting because mm-hmm. like brain rewiring is like this big practice not big practice, but it's like this practice you do at home with yourself. But like, we need to be catching our thoughts and shifting them in real time too. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I my group program for brain rewiring, um, everyone was like sharing this. Um, so I, a lot of people in that program are like into building their intuition, strengthening it and building that self-trust. And taking the face I don't know out of their vocabulary is just like so powerful because like, you know, or like that clarity is forming and coming to you. And every time you say, I don't know, you're giving your power away. And maybe before you're like 90% getting that clarity, but then you just like slapped it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love that you said thought shifting, because for me, brain rewiring isn't just meditating. It's also an active practice. And it's something that even in like conversations with people, I'll catch myself in saying something. I was talking to a friend about therapy. I was talking to a friend about therapy and I was like, I do do a lot of the energetic work. And I was like, but for some reason right now, I feel like I need to talk to someone which is fine, right? Like there's a place for both, in my opinion. And like part of why I was saying I wasn't doing the energetic work was because I was like, I was going to blame it on money. And I was like, oh, you know, the price difference, but it's really where my money is coming from. Like I have an HSA where I can use my money for the therapist, but I can't use that on energy work, right? So in that moment, when I said it, I was like, that's not, that's not what I meant. And that's not even the truth. The truth is that I feel like I'm needing something different right now. And money is the easy cop out. And so that's something that I've had to catch myself on constantly. It's getting better. But it's at the beginning, I was like, hey, money's not the problem. Money wants to be my friend. Money wants to support me. It wants to be here with me and love me. And so just actively noticing when you're trying to rewire something throughout the day and then stopping and saying, no, that's not what we're going to choose. We're going to choose the empowered route and we're going to keep moving forward to this entire thought shift and brain rewiring process. It's, I feel like it's another level of committing to it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's really important to be real about how you truly feel in the moment it was like yeah money sucks right now I feel like you're never here for me um kind of like get that you know energy and blame out of your system and then ask yourself like okay I know that's how I feel right now but I know that's not the truth um and when it comes to like scarcity mindset and Empowered abundance mindset. It's not black or white. If you are currently leaning more towards scarcity, like just acknowledge that is okay. Um, and like kind of ask yourself, how can I lean just maybe ten percent more towards abundance and and empowerment? Yeah, it's not black or white.
0: Yeah, and I love that how you can like the way you explained it, where you're like, okay, well, I may be a little bit scared and afraid that there's not enough in the scarcity mindset, but there's still part of you that's like, okay, I still know there's more. So how can I lean more to the other side to support myself better?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would say fear. You know, um, one of my mentors used to like make us practice affirmations and um, I put down like, I am fearless. But then I realized when I practice that affirmation, I'm like, I feel like this is not supportive. I feel like I have a lot of fear and maybe fear is normal. So I change, I'm fearless to I'm courageous because to me at the time it meant like, okay, I feel the fear. I have the courage to work through that fear and still move forward. Because mm-hmm. um, fear, like everyone has fear, especially if they're expanding or they're growth oriented. Yeah, yeah. Every time I step out of like a comfort zone or you know, expand, a lot of fear comes up. Yeah. And it's like a nervous system thing. Yeah. Um, it's really fucked. Um, because it's like everyone knows this, like your brain, um, your ego, um, your brain is like, we don't have to expand. We don't have to get uncomfortable. You're fine where you are. Um, <laughs> right. Um, So no, that is a systematic thing, is an everyone thing. Um, I think it's really important to have like a list of, you know, accomplishments, a list of things where you did get out of your comfort zone and you did well and things worked out, kind of have like a list of evidence, like I'm going to be safe. Things have always worked out for me in the past. There's no reason why it wouldn't.
0: Yeah, I'm physically not going to die. Because that's, I mean, that's what fear does, right? Like, we start thinking about the idea, okay, I want to, I want this in my life. So I'm going to change things to do it. Your body, autom- your brain is like, oh no, change. So your ego is already like, oh no, change is coming, or your primal brain, if you will. And so your nervous system activates, and then you literally feel like you're going to die, but you're not. And so I love that, like, having the list. Of proving like, hey, we didn't die before when we changed. It's we're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, totally. I think with working through fear, it also really, really helps to entertain the worst case scenario. (laughs) So I have this stupid thing. I mean, I guess it's a part of being financially responsible, but like I have a credit card but I'll never have a balance, you know, that would like sit on there and like have interest accrued. I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, I would never just do I would never do that. But then a um, few months ago, I was like, I feel a little tight right now. I don't want to dip into my savings because I like to see that balance in my savings account. I just don't want to. But I also don't want to have a balance on my credit card. And I'm like, fuck, I'm fucked around money. And then. I kind of thought about, okay, what's the worst case scenario if you have a little bit of balance on your credit card? Okay, you have to pay a little bit of interest. It's not the best use of money, but like, is it really that bad? It's not terrible. It's not life or death. Yeah. And then if I dip into my savings, like what if the amount goes down a little bit? I guess it will come back if I just earn more money down the line and put it back. Like I can replenish it. And I guess that's what a savings account is for <laughs> i don't know I was like oh i made made it a whole monster um but it's actually not that terrible obviously there are like you know other scenarios that you know are different mm-hmm. it's like what if i you know advocate for myself at work am i gonna get fired are people gonna hate me are people gonna think i'm full of myself but i think it does it is really powerful to entertain the worst case scenario just to show yourself like, okay, like what, what could happen? And you can think about how would I deal with it? Just going through that exercise just really strengthens your nervous system Mm -hmm. and builds a lot of confidence. Uh, I know it's not comfortable, but you're doing it at the safety of your own home. Um, so, is a safe activity to do entertain the worst case scenario. Not fun,
0: but yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, entertain it but don't live in it. <laughs> yeah. Entertain it for a minute and then pack up and like move on.
1: Yeah, and like for the most part that's we're talking about the worst case scenario more likely than not is not going to be the case, but like you're 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 ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like you can go fight the battle if you will right yeah, like, and you
1: can get prepare yourself to fight the battle.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And I love the like being prepared for it. So I wanted to ask you a question. When you were talking about the neuroplasticity in your brain, you said that there's certain times of day and certain brainwave frequencies that you can get to. So if someone wanted to start brain rewiring, when would be the best time of day to do it and what are different things they can do to get to that brain frequency?
1: Yeah. Um so you know how like at like 12 p.m. during the day you're you're feeling really focused. Um so that is not a time to be doing brain rewiring. Um I'll just think about um so brain rewiring the act of it requires you to be in a calm state like you're in your rest and digest um you know how like our body heals when we're calm and in that parasympathetic state so as much as possible you want to be in a parasympathetic state um so a great time to do brain rewiring is um at night before bed and you know don't be a perfectionist about this just like maybe you have wrapped up work you're showered you feel clean and then you don't have a lot to do for the rest of the night and you can like do your brain rewiring exercise. I personally prefer it at night because I'm like, okay, for your brain to actually require, you need to be resting. So um, I like to think when you're doing your dr- journaling for brain rewiring, you're doing the meditation, you're priming your, you're telling your neural pathways or brain pathways to like change. It's like, okay, we can shift this. And it's like, when you're sleeping, your body's healing, your cells are repairing, your neural pathways are forming new pathways. They're shifting. Um, So I kind of think about it like that. And that's how I like to do it. You know how that when you're like tired, but not asleep, but you're relaxed. That's kind of like, that's how I would describe being in your hypnotic state. So your brain is susceptible to change. At 12 p.m. on a Monday, your your brain is not (laughs) susceptible to change. So using that window of time is really advantageous. You can also do it in the morning when you wake up. Again, awake but tired. Like you're a little sleepy. <laughs> if I tell you the, the the sky is purple, you'll be like, is it though? It's like, <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> um, Yeah, so before you go to sleep or right after waking up.
0: Okay. I okay. usually do mine in the morning. Okay. Because yeah. I just like, I don't... <laughs> So when you were talking about snoozing on your habit tracker, that's me. I I hit that snooze button as much as possible, but I like to lay in bed and I like to take slow mornings. Like I don't like to wake up and then just jump out of bed. It kind of gives my brain time to catch up to like Mm -hmm. the sleeping time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's my favorite time to do it. And it's just like, I'm just laying there and I'm like, okay, turn it on. And then let's just go through it.
1: Yeah. Um, I would, so, um, with my process, at least like when you're beginning, I really like it when people go through the journal prompts, I give them specifically for brain rewiring. And um, it really gets you deep and gives you a lot of clarity of what you're going to focus on during the meditation. So if you're in that stage, I recommend doing it, you know, like later in the day, maybe like even with like a cup of like Organifi, like, chocolate Chocolate gold gold. or something yeah just to like because this is like deep emotional work and sometimes we can be like nah i don't want to do that i would rather watch like love is blind on netflix um so priming your environment for safety and comfort and nourishment can really be like huh, okay i can do emotional deep work i can sip on my chocolate gold as i do it so yeah But like, let's say you're doing it for like the 10th time, you know how this process works. Well, my recommendation, then you can maybe do it in the morning. Yeah, different, just depends on what you're rewiring. Mm -hmm. I separate the practice. So there is reprogramming, which is like more dealing with triggers, working through triggers, really like healing vibes, deep emotional healing. And then there's, like, reinforcing, like, what would you do right now, like, with your new beliefs and, like, taking yourself through your day as your most authentic, confident self. Mm -hmm. So very different vibes. Um, If you're reprogramming, I think that's more of, like, a nighttime activity. And then you feel more clear afterwards. You kind of feel like, you know, like, after you have a big healing, you're just like, oh, like, life is okay again you go to sleep and then it just feels good. I don't, I wouldn't want to like do all that deep healing and then have to go on with the rest of my day, (laughs) full day ahead of you. Um, So uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, with this practice, there are ways to optimize it, but there's no doing it wrong. The only way to not to do it wrong is to not do it. So yeah.
0: I love that. The only way to do it wrong is to not do it. It's perfect. But I also love the like idea of making it a ritual and making it this like space and this healing time for you and something that like feels safe and special because it is like being able to heal whatever pattern you're working on really is a gift, even though it can be hard and really emotional and it can feel really heavy sometimes. But afterwards on the other side, you're like, oh, what a like relief. And you just feel so much lighter every time that you work on it. And so it's just great. It's great to be able to like have a ceremony for yourself, if you will.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And um, I tell my plans, you don't need to do this every day. It's kind of like working out, you know, (laughs) we need a break, maybe like twice a week so i always recommend like if you can do it four times a week that's a huge win if you do it five times you're really really winning but definitely not don't have to do this every day yeah and having breaks in this intense practice just makes you feel like oh i I have room to breathe Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i'm a rebel i don't know if you have ever looked up your four tendencies yet i haven't okay I think is helpful. Um and with like clients too. I'm a rebel. So if you tell me you need to do this every day, I'm like, well, then I don't want to do it anymore. That might be me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it later and I'll keep you posted, but that might be me. Yeah. As soon yeah, as someone I, gives me yeah. rules or tells me tells me to do something, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to that's not going to happen now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh one thing you brought up like way earlier in this podcast, I I forgot what you said, like how to be enough. And Mm -hmm. that just got me thinking, like, it's really important that we know ourselves really well, and be like willing to explore who you want to be and who you're, you're striving to be. And be really like, almost like, certain with your decision and your knowledge around this. Because literally, if you don't, define who you are the world is going to tell you not in a malicious way but it's like everyone has something to say like this is good for you you should be good at this or i think you're better at this you should do this more um if you don't know other people are going to tell you
0: yeah i love that because it is it's it's that main character energy like if you don't decide for yourself then other people are deciding for you whether you realize it or not and so you have to be able to see like, am I enough to me? Am I doing what Jillian needs to be doing in this life to exist as far as just being here? And existing is enough, in my opinion. Like just the fact that my physical body is here, that's pe- that's perfect. I'm enough, right?
1: For anything. You know that, okay, interesting. Um, So this whole like you're inherently worthy thing never clicked for me. And I would love to share like what, actually clicked for me (laughs) yeah if you want so yeah like why I was thinking you know learning about self-worth and consuming content and teachings around this and people will be like oh you don't like money doesn't shouldn't reflect your worth like everyone is worthy and the but the per the homeless person on the street is as equal is equally as worthy as you are I'm like something is not clicking because I don't I don't get it (laughs) Um, like like no like I don't I just don't get it so yeah that never clicked for me but but then um, this really clicked for me so I have been telling my clients this but you know we talk about self-worth and self-love and self-respect and I personally think self-love is like really fluffy and hard to like a like a like a weird thing to like grab onto. A while back, I realized like, oh, the more I take care of me, and the whole the more I res- do things that respect myself, the more I like myself. Yeah, and I'm like, hmm, something goes up is going on there. So I need to like respect myself more and take care of me more. Okay. Um, If I do more of the things that make me proud and happy, I I like myself a little bit more. So I'm like, okay. So for me, more self-love comes from taking more actions um, Mm. that I am proud of. And then somebody explained to me, like, you know how, okay, so like Jillian, like you have a son, you have a dog. And if someone asks you like, Jillian, do you love your son? How would you respond? absolutely okay well most people would be like what the fuck like why would you even ask me that that's a oh. dumb question <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> i'm like yeah
0: obviously yeah. i do
1: it's like uh, yeah what's your question right it's like this inherent unconditional love that you never question right and like it's so funny um so someone in our business coaching group i had not seen her in like three years and now she has a baby i'm like oh my god you have a human like having a kid is so exciting it's like you have your own human that you get to cultivate and take care of and make them this cool little human and dress them up and take them to like sports i don't know you get to cultivate this human it's really exciting so it's like everyone uh, from like, say, like age zero to 18, you don't really know how to take care of yourself. You don't have the resources. So you have a parent who, you know, take care of you for mm-hmm. you until you're capable. Let's say age 18, then the job it is yours, then it becomes your responsibility to take care of your own human that is you. And mm-hmm. your only job is to make sure this human is happy, is fed, is nourished, is taken care of is you know just well so it's like oh it's my job to take care of my own human that is me and like that's my only job i'm the only person i need to please and impress and take care of and that's like my responsibility and fuck i'm stuck with me and me only it's not like i can like go to the store and be like but i want another one can i exchange this please (laughs) (laughs) I love that perspective
0: though. And honestly, I don't know why it just clicked for me like that. Like, because here's how I see it, Sandy. Like, for people, you exist in this world. That means you're here, you have a purpose. Now, what you do after you go through your parents, right? Like because there's those traumas that get tacked on from our parents, it's just going to happen. They're not perfect people, and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's bad. Like it just is what it is unless and sometimes some adults are more secure and they don't have this problem, but that's okay too, right? It's just subjective. But then the choices that you make is what Really shows yourself and the universe that you're worthy and that you are going to continue to feed into that worthiness of your existence by manifesting the things that you want around you by your actions. So, I but I love that, like the way that you saw it, as far as I'm taking care of my own human, I am the human that I have that I have to take care of. And so, it's a great way to look at it because it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for people to see the like, especially when they've had a bunch of trauma in their life. And that's why it's funny that I've gotten to this point that I'm like, no, I am worthy because I had some like a lot of stuff happen. And so it's like, no, but I know like and I know everything that happened throughout my life. There were lessons to them or there were things that I grew from. And so I was like, no, it was preparing me for this for this level of my life for my person now to be able to hold space for other people and to relate to these people and the experiences that they've been through
1: yeah yeah uh interesting you brought up purpose because it's not like we come into the world and it's just like assigned to us on (laughs) a piece of paper (laughs) it's not the giver yeah yeah and um i would say we each person has like multiple purposes like You know, like your purpose includes, you know, like helping other people heal and empower them as well as like being a good boy mom and a good dog mom. And of course, like taking care of your human and making sure you're as happy and satisfied and nourished as possible. I feel like, you know, like purpose, like, you know, with like job, like my job, the more I like, I don't know, it's almost like this is something that unfolds. When I make sure I am taken care of and I'm following what is, you know, like what feels like the good next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This whole thing with purpose is interesting. (laughs) I know it is. And it's
0: hard to like pinpoint what exactly that purpose is. And it's, it's something that I've been leaning into the last probably like year or so. And for me, it's really just, or what feels significant for me is this, I love love. Like I really like love stories are my favorite, like my heart, like I feel it in my heart. Like, and I just love when you find uh, the perfect group of friends and like that feeling and that energy. And I really love putting that back into the world. And so with everything that I do, I always have this level of love to it, like the way that I care for it, even with my podcast guests, right? Like they're generally people that I speak to pretty often that I've been around, that I enjoy, that I want the best for them as well. And so it's like, this is my platform for them to come on so that way more people can see how amazing they are and it can spread that love, right? And so I really lean into that in everything that I do. And then I think the details as far as how it gets translated or what I do on top of that, as far as a coach, it's this like, what do you need specifically? You know what I mean? Like, I want to help people specifically who feel like we talked about this a little bit earlier, like that have been people pleasers that haven't been there for themselves or standing up for themselves and that need to feel empowered and that want to feel worthy of life and everything that it has to give. And so that's something that I can do as well as adding in that love portion because part of all of those things, it does go into that inward focus of how do you feel about yourself. And Mm. so like in loving love, I've learned that I really have to go inward to love myself so deeply, as deeply as I love the world. And so that's been an adventure and a half. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um what is your life path in numerology i'm a 22 22 4 oh okay i don't really know what that is about but i'm like that is so like six energy like i love love i love
0: love no i'm a 22 4 there are sixes in other parts of my numerology chart but i would have to look at it again to see where it's at wow but uh so we're gonna wrap it up here but yeah. thank you so much for being here. This has been such a fun conversation. I know we could literally talk for like another two hours. I know. <laughs> so you're welcome back on anytime. I would love to have you again. This has been a great conversation. Um, yeah, so fun. Where can people find you?
1: yeah um i also have a podcast and i would love for julian to be on as well um so it's called design your life with sandy yeah and uh my instagram is sandy l yang so s-a-n-d-y-l-y-a-n-g um that's my instagram and i'm on there all the time so i'll be happy to connect
0: yeah absolutely and i will put that information in the show notes and thank you so much for being here thank you Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. So let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation. Be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.